So yeah, you know, the front side of the microphone is unlabeled, and it's always great. And this chair creaks, and we're going to get a lot of a lot of some of this wood creaky chair noise, and it's all my fault, and I love it. Uh, all right, everybody, this is Thomas, and this is the newest episode of the KAAMP. I am sitting out here by some water, and y'all can hear the cicadas, and it's quite nice outside, whether I like to admit it or not, but the reason we're here today is for this person to highlight themselves just a hair. So will you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Hi, I'm Kelly Ferguson. Uh, originally from South Carolina and new to Knox. That feels like my whole personality these days. I'm just like, hi, where are you from? I'm new. Well, to be honest, I am kind of happy you have that perspective because I'm going to pick your brain about what it's like being new here. Okay. Because I haven't had that perspective in like a decade plus. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I, I will give my opinions. Although I think, honestly, they're better than most people expect me to have an opinion of. Oh, so, that, so they're more overwhelmingly positive than one would expect? <sighs> it depends on your questions. Oh, well, yeah, you know, that's fair. So, uh, normally, I will ask a person how Knoxville has been treating them. So, how has Knoxville been treating you as a newly found Knoxville creative person? Uh, well, it's great. Uh, there's way more art and culture here. <laughs> there's way more art and culture here than I thought there would be. And from where I've come from, it's uh, just, there's more opportunities. There's always something going on. There's a rotation of shows and the museum is cool, but... It's a museum. Yeah, it's a museum, <laughs> but I also understand that there's like... It's still kind of a traditional southern town and certain styles of art and, you know, perspectives aren't necessarily the most popular. Yeah, it definitely has some strong family value Christian overtones to a lot of the stuff in town. Which is, yeah, it's kind of hard. I always walk the line on that. Like, <laughs> my, my work does not directly say, like... Boo, religion, but if anyone asks me <laughs> <laughs> it will it will be quickly found out. Uh yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing they have to ask first. I, I don't know. I was recently told that someone thought I was religious because of how I spoke about things and it's very close to the line. I I want, you know, the best for everyone and through my work I wanna unpack <laughs> i want to unpack the ways that certain religions are not the best but i guess yeah. i guess you find out who's paying attention when they start asking questions yes yeah <laughs> and if someone interprets it the wrong way you know i'm not gonna uh, start a fight i mean you already made the piece you've you, you've made your statement it's out there yeah yeah, yeah. They, they can be upset now yeah. You've been upset. You've made it already. I haven't debuted my Naked Jesus yet, though, so we'll see. Not like he's traditionally wearing much anyway. He's not. He's not. But <laughs> it has been pointed out to me that I um, either purposely or unpurposefully centered the nudity to the center of the canvas. Ah, so you made the focal point. Please tell me it's his crotch. It is. Lovely. It is, and it is Technicolor. I just want it to be said right now that I've not seen this piece, and uh, I'm happy this is what this looks like. It's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> it is in hiding. I'm really thinking about how and when and where is the right time to bring that one out. Well, you know, I do this thing called Sock Show, 
It's a it's a art show series. Mm-hmm. I think that fits. It's a it's big. That's fine. It's big. That doesn't matter what size it is. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a great story to go along with it too. Well, um, if it's time to tell me that, then you okay. can you can do it. Okay. Well. If acid. you're comfortable sharing. I will, yeah. So Acid Jesus is the title. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sold already. I grew up Baptist. Me too. Very Baptist. Very Baptist. Sundays uh, and Wednesdays. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Choir. We, we understand. We <laughs> yeah. understand. And so also went to a Baptist school. That I did not do. Yeah. So every day, technically. <laughs> Tuesdays were chapel days, and they would... Try and bring in, like, cool speakers for the youth. Who was a cool speaker for the youth? Do you remember? Um, I, I must know. Oh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't remember names, but it was like they wanted to bring people who were gritty, who would really get our attention. So this one day, um, a man came in and starts to... <laughs> what you... <laughs> you gritty, like this is a Christopher Nolan movie about religious speakers. Yes, they're <laughs> like, <laughs> we've got to get them. Like, oh, yeah, they're this one's going to really change their minds um like the dare officer <laughs> yes yes it was very similar and oh so God. he starts telling the story about his friend you know i had a friend he just did drugs all the time and he just one day he went a little bit too far and he took too much acid in charleston south carolina he took too much acid and he, he was tripping so hard he believed he was jesus and he walked all the way out to the beach prophesying and telling people he was the return christ and he stripped his clothes naked as one does if you're the messiah all you know <laughs> took all of them off and swam out into the ocean it just kept swimming and when he sobered up he was miles from shore and couldn't see land <laughs> And so he had his come to Jesus moment out there. And, he, you know, he looked up and he said, never prayed before in my life. God, if you, if, if you will save me now, I will dedicate my life to you. And, and I will spread your word. And then the Coast Guard showed up? No, he started swimming. He started swimming. And somehow he found the right direction. God showed him the direction that the beach was in. And he crawled up on the beach all naked as the day he was born. I wish the listeners could see my face. <laughs> And, and he was saved, and then he closed out, and that man was me. <sighs> I was so pissed <laughs> because he really had us on the hook, and, and now he's like, and I stand before you today. Being a righteous uh, motivational speaker. <laughs> yes, it's just like that. And so, yeah, so don't do drugs, kids, and... You know, get you'll, saved. You'll find Jesus in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> it just—it's always stuck with me. It was so, just so bizarre. Um, so I painted it, and yeah. So, so, so this image is his like vision of Jesus on acid. Yeah, it's like him imagining that he's Jesus floating in the water, naked, acid. It's, I really like um, psychedelic type uh, motifs and colors and. Uh, combined with a little bit of Renaissance-inspired, uh, you know. So uh, what I hear is that you are invested in the surrealism. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you could say that. Um, my work has probably been described as surreal. It's kind of dreamy, like dreamlike. 
uh, ethereal. Ethereal, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of naked people. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe I just can't draw clothes. Fabrics are hard. I'll say it. I'll say it. And and sometimes bodies are easier to draw than shirts. They're easier, and they also like. There just seems something slightly more poignant about what you're saying. Like, soul is bare. Body, bare. And, and, and yeah, metaphor being nakedness and nudity. Nakedness, but you know, also they they did it a lot in Christian Renaissance art as well. So it's kind of I guess drawing from dicks. those motifs. A lot of dicks, a lot of titties. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, this Jesus painting was my first nude Je- male. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, well, you've drawn a lot of nude females then, haven't you? We are surrounded as, as we, by them. As we sit here, I see two naked ladies. One of them covered by uh, the piece of canvas. Yes, this is courtesy canvas. Courtesy canvas. <laughs> this is courtesy. I thought... It almost looks like an applique garment, I'm just going to say. It. Yeah, maybe that will be how it ends up. I just thought I'm my only model at this point, and it would probably be a little awkward to be staring you at... You don't have to tell people that. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out, but in the future, you don't have to tell people that. Okay, okay, that's that's fair. I just I've really been thinking about that one too. I'm like, why do I why do I choose to draw paint n- nudity and then also use myself as a model? Well, because you as a model are there, available, I'm, freely available. Freely like available, I'm already here, consensually available. Yeah, yeah, I'm already here. I don't care. Here. It's fine. Yeah, it's just a little awkward. I mean. Have I drawn myself? Now I'm thinking if I've drawn myself naked. I've never drawn myself naked, but other people have drawn me naked. And um, I've drawn myself fully clothed a few times. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm working on the clothes. <laughs> There's some clothes in that one. It was, it was more of like an outline kind of thing. Clearly I gave up on that. <laughs> I love it. She's on her phone. Is that what? In a swamp. Laying? We're definitely not done with that piece, though. God, that's like how I feel about society sometimes. Yeah, Sorry. that's how I feel. Is just that, laying is in my bed. Is that bog scrolling? Is that what that is? Bog scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of doom scrolling, you're, you're in the bog. Just in, in the, the bog, in the swamp, laying. Yeah, that's Living ideal. in a first world Western society. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, my, the... The nurse at my doctor's appointment the other day was going through the uh, regular list of questions before I actually see my doctor. And she's like, do you feel any uh, overwhelming sense of dread or sadness or anxiety or depression? And I was just like, just the overall arching one I get from participating in society every day. <laughs> so she's like, normal. And I was like, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I know. I see that question. And now I'm like, is this just normal at this point? I don't know. Well, the one thing I'm going to do is paint about it. Yeah. So that's the only normal yeah, thing that I know to that's say. That's true. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> usually paint about it. But then I realized all my art is kind of sad and edgy and angsty. So I'm trying to paint at least... Um, Happier things? Something, yeah, something exuberant. Something... That's a good word. I just, I want joy. I really want to be happy. Uh, I usually find myself in shit moods painting really colorful things. Yes. So it's like whatever emotional turbulence I'm experiencing, I'm still sitting down with a palette of neon yeah. colors on a black or purple or blue background, just like, ha ha! No, same. I, it's like the color is a strong feeling, and it's it can be like bright pink or something. All right. Well, well let's let's go here then. Uh, what color palettes 
are your normal go-to because sitting here i see you've got a really nice cool color palette on this painting and all flesh tones on the other one so is there a wheelhouse you normally play in so i definitely would say it's usually very feminine colors and bright kind of bright pastel so like this is cooler than usual i've usually got yellow pink some greens and like mushy purples but i'm moving <laughs> how, how, how does a purple mushy? be mushy i well, need to know well it mushes into the other colors so it's like is it brown is it green oh, okay. and then then at the heart of it it's kind of oh it's purple okay um that's what put mushy purple means mushy funny. purple <laughs> mossy purple i don't know that sounds hairy oh i wouldn't say hairy well mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to work at least challenge myself to work in a slightly more realistic uh, color palette. So this one right here that's very fantasy color, I'm going to start over again and use more muted traditional Same color palette. Same content, palettes. just Same different color content, palette. just different color palette, um, just because I want to challenge myself. But I'm also trying to be okay with totally redoing things. Just start over. Does it bother you when you cover a canvas that you see brush strokes from old stuff? Because it bugs the shit out of me. Um, no, I'm interested in them. I mean, I, I understand that I can't get away with away from them, so they're just going to be part of whatever's next. Yeah. But every time I draw a really nice smooth line and then I hit something that was underneath it, I'm just like, want to <sighs> strangle it. No, that's just how I feel about canvas texture. Oh, you just want to strangle the whole canvas anyway? <laughs> Yes. Well, like if you, you're trying to paint a really smooth line and then some of the little dots of the canvas weave don't get filled in, mm -hmm. that drives me crazy because mm. I'm not going to go back and <laughs> refill it in. Right, yeah. That was the best stroke that I wanted to make, so it there is it what will it is. be. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, do you have any artists that uh, you would consider inspirations of yours, whether live, dead, it doesn't really matter. If uh, they inspire you, that's really the basis of the question. I guess alive, that's a good question. People don't usually ask that. Everyone. Everyone alive, awesome. <laughs> I love contemporary artists. I love everyone who I know. She's like such cool art, amazing work. Um, and I love all the diversity of people's styles. You always think like, oh, history. Sorry. You always think historically there's like these movements. Don't apologize. That's not why we're here. <laughs> uh, I can't get over the crunching. I'm a notorious chip cruncher. So, um, <laughs> but I just want to let everybody know that you're hosting this podcast session and you made a lovely charcuterie board. And this is how I'm going to let everybody know. Yeah, that's a that's a Aldi brand uh, wheat thin called Thin Wheat. <laughs> Fist pumps. Thin for wheat. For posterity. Yeah. Um, we kind of have art movements today still, mm -hmm. but I also like how different everyone's work is. But historically, Frida Kahlo, all the way. All the way. Uh, she's so cool. Agreed. And I, it's kind of, I don't know if it's kind of like cliched, but she was the OG from day one. Well, she had that real don't give a fuck attitude mm -hmm. about her whole self, and I appreciate that. Yeah, everything. Not just her art, like the way she lived her life, the hardship she experienced, her uh, perseverance. Also, her art 
super cool, super weird. That's probably where the surrealism comes from. That that yeah. makes sense. And the self portraits. Mm. The women's. Yes. <laughs> yes, the women's. <laughs> uh, anybody else that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, I mean, everyone likes pre-Raphaelite work. That's kind of where the one behind us is coming from. Mm-hmm. Something just, yeah, I would say I really enjoy Renaissance pieces, love uh, kind of any church art mostly catholic art which is hard being a baptist because we didn't have cool artwork we had stained glass windows thank you very much and no i had a box oh <laughs> we were we were a mega church okay so. i'm so sorry yeah i didn't know that stained glass windows was a baptist thing well it's a it's a most churches thing oh. but but baptist being baptist were like we gonna do it house and made some really fancy yeah. Like, these tithing's going to get spent for the Lord. <laughs> I do love a stained glass window. But, I think we need more stained glass windows just everywhere. But uh, do you uh, do you have opinions on Caravaggio? Because he's one of my favorite Renaissance church painters. Do I have opinions? Yeah. Good? Either way. Yes, I like. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, he was one of those don't give a fuck, I'm going to do it my way people, mm-hmm. and I love that about his mm-hmm. body of work. Oh, I'm going to paint... The Virgin Mary, who am I going to use for a subject to model for this? Whores on the street. Yep. And so I just I just love his fucking attitude. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I love that too. It's interesting that all those artists still ended up kind of pissing off the church back then. Even though they were paid so much yeah. money to do these things. Someone just pay me to paint, please. Just come and fetch me. Build a big building. I don't care what for. Tell me everything needs to be covered. I'll work the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's ideal. We need more patrons, more patrons of the art, just people employing artists just for the sake of it. You know, I really would, if some rich person wanted to be like, hey, Thomas, come live in the backyard, paint stuff around the house whenever you see fit, mm-hmm. I would totally be some artist in residence <laughs> in somebody's hobbit hole in their backyard. Goals, true. Yeah, for sure. I would do that 100% and have no uh, regrets at all. I feel like that's the ultimate goal of most most artists they're like, just let me be let me create yeah, let me be let me do mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm here for that i'm trying to fashion my life in such a way where that's how this goes on a daily basis same yeah same trying to trying to get that figured out it's <laughs> it's a fluid amorphous idea that is always running away from you <laughs> it's very much less and less so these days but um mm. and in some ways it makes me work slower which is nice it's an improvement i'm trying to work on like really taking time with something I, so I painted a painting in like 2013 or 14 that I put like 80 hours into. Oh my gosh. It was a 30 by 40. It was a recreation of something somebody found on the internet, but they commissioned me to do it and I was up for it. It was like a, an Indian lady laying on a white tiger with two cubs, big fancy green dress, gold everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, I don't, I don't know how stereotypical of an image this is for that, but you know, it was just some random stuff my buddy found on the internet that mm-hmm. he liked. And he's like, but no, you paint this. And I was like, fuck. Okay, so I painted that. And I put like, I don't know, 70 or 80 hours into it. And uh, I just remember after that going, I am never doing this again. <laughs> and up up till now, I don't think I've put more than like 30 hours in a project. Which is not, and for the style I have developed or worked on, it, like 30 hours is a lot mm-hmm. for the style I'm working with right now. But, uh, 
a 30 hour piece is way more techniques than just the brushwork that I'm going and playing with. So yeah, there's a lot of things I get to fold into that process that are really fun, like metal leafing and, and, uh, what else, what else, what else did I do? I did some like, uh, resist stuff, some watercolor, like alcohol separation, salt, stuff like that. A, a lot of different of textural things. Mad and, and scientist things. Yeah, but it's, I, the, the mad scientist part is the fun part, but I already know what all these things look like. So it's, it's not as much of, a, of an experiment mm. now as it was like four years ago. You, you, you got to find a new experiment then. Got to surprise yourself with twist, the materials. Twist my arm. <laughs> do it. Right. <laughs> uh, nah, I, got, I got bored of playing with resin, so I didn't really do that a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I did that like two years ago. That was cool. Made some, made some wall art that was cuss words and glow in the dark, which oh, was really cool. That's fun. Yeah. Um, and made some jewelry. And then I was like, you know what? Pass. This shit's messy. <laughs> and I haven't played with it since. But I have a end table I need to finish, so I've got to code it. Don't talk about the unfinished projects. Oh, are we talking about the unfinished no, projects? No, I said don't. Okay, well, I'll talk about my unfinished project. It's just some furniture. I redo furniture every now and again when I find one of those things laying on the side of the road that I can't pass up. That would also be my unfinished project. I, I have an end table. That's like a two by three foot end table. One singular drawer. I found it. The face of the drawer was missing. So what did I do? I put my 3D printer to work, and I was like, make pieces for this drawer, bitch. And uh, it spit out two of the three that I need. So I have I have yet to you model have the, the third, third one. one. I have okay. yet to model the third one, which is the, the actual face of the drawer that you The pulled. most important part. Yeah, well, the, uh, I made pieces that fit around the joinery of the drawer body itself. So like that was a little difficult. But mm. overall, it wasn't so bad. Mine is a... Uh, press board bookshelf so like the crappiest material you could think of now are you setting yourself up for this you know what you're doing right I, telling you about the unfinished project you, uh, yes yes i'll tell you <laughs> uh, yeah because it was like my first thing into a new style of just kind of trying to work more traditionally too like oh there's so much cool stuff and like the Renaissance and Rococo and Baroque, like, ah, oh, I want to do something kind of grand or, you know, a lot of details. Um, so you picked this. I picked this for some reason and I like painted filigree on one side, not the other. <laughs> it's being used and, you know, it's fine. The important side is facing out. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so. So it, um, it meets visual expectations. It does, but every time I look at it, I... When you come at it from the opposite direction. Yeah, I just I just think, like, that's never going to get done. <laughs> maybe. Maybe someday when I have, like, a kick of energy in the wrong direction. Like, oh, I should be working on this project. But here we go. Oh, my gosh, you have to finish it. Right. Like, right now. Why do I need to do this? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. It's time. Yeah. Do I... I'm trying to think if I have any of those projects laying around the house right now. I do... And I'm at a serious loss for it because my computer is down right now. My hard drive died in my computer. I'm very upset about it. Oh, so I can't use this computer for Did the... you lose storage? Like things on it? I think so, yeah. But Ooh. I haven't had this computer for very long. I'm still very upset. I would be too. But um, it wasn't as much as it could have been. But I have to scan my face. And I can't scan my face without the computer. So that's I'm kind of stuck right now. What are you scanning it for? For uh, the front of the drawer? A face drawer? Uh, no, this is actually for my face. Uh, I have a piece called Universe Man that I did not name. My friend Ethan named it, so I told him I would honor 
Himba. Okay. Not changing its name, as silly as it may be. Yeah. Um, but, like, my face is part of the painting. Like, mm-hmm. I, I scanned and 3D printed my face and put it on the canvas. Oh, cool. And uh, it's painted as if it were part of the canvas. So, it matches where it's put Super in place. Cool. And uh, it was just, like, from my top lip up to the top of my forehead. And, like, you know, just the front top two-thirds of my face mm-hmm. above my beard. Because the scanner didn't want to mess with hair that day. <laughs> so, but now I have a scanner that can do such things. So, I was going to scan the whole front of my face and put my whole face up there. So, that's that's why. That sounds a dope. literal face. Dope, but pending. Yes. Pending. I still have the other scan of my face, the original, like, two-thirds of my face, but I want to put my whole face up there. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff. Stuff. Things. Plans. Plans. Uh, I don't one like day. looking around at more unfinished things. So <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so you've enjoyed uh, milling about town and finding out what, what kind of things are happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, First Fridays, you've been to First Fridays. Uh, unfortunately not yet. What? I work First Fridays. So you've been to First Fridays. Yes, on the other end. Yeah. But, uh, I, let's see. I, I see the galleries. I stalk them on Instagram. So <laughs> I know what's going on. Uh, I joined A1 Art Collective. They seem cool. They accepted me for a show at IAMS. Nature Center? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way? I say iJams just because Thank you. that's the wrong way to do it, <laughs> and it's funny to me, but it is iams, technically. Okay, okay. Yeah. I started with iJams, and then I was iams, and then iams, now iams. I, Knoxville people keep pushing me towards the right pronunciation. I think that's just a, a funny trick we all play on each other. Well, anyways, so they, they uh, have brought me into the fold, and I feel very welcomed by that. Especially considering I also get rejected for lots of shows. Lots of shows. So many rejection letters in my inbox. (laughs) I'm really thinking about doing something with them. Like, I don't know, print them out. Put them on a canvas. Paint something around them. You should uh, collage it all and then put a giant middle finger right in the middle of it. (laughs) But I don't know. On the other end, like, you got to think. They really probably had a, a billion submissions. Not, not your problem. No, but also not my personal problem that they were like, we hate you. I have to remind myself that. Yeah, that's maybe a good point do. of view to maintain. Maybe they do hate but me. But maybe they do. <laughs> that doesn't mean you being upset is any less valid. No, it, it still sucks, but it makes getting accepted into shows better. Right, the flip side of that is yeah. wonderful. Like, yay, so... Uh, the dust laying around everywhere is from me frantically building frames because uh, I don't build a frame until it's needed. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, frame building is a technique and a skill set I didn't think I was going to learn. But if we turn, we can see all my lovely tools that I'm so proud of having. I just, I love them because... And you do the nice, the, the floaty frames. What is there a technical name for this that I it's don't a, have It's right called now? a float frame, yeah. Okay. Um, no, the floaty ones. Hey, the look. The floaty ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of heartache. In learning how to build frames. So, uh, I don't know. It just seems like a skill set that... So, this is an ad- an adjacent wheelhouse to painting and whatnot. It is. I mean, it's just cool to learn things. Especially things that you didn't think you were going to know ever in your life. So, were you excited about playing with a saw? Um, I have a very healthy respect and fear of God of the saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, full safety gear. I, I At one point, I was closing my eyes when I was putting the saw down because I you was don't so, say. so scared. And that seems like the wrong thing to do. Yeah, it would be. But um, yeah. it's also a great way to save money. So it's a skill set that I'm paying myself to learn and then don't have to pay other people to figure out. I usually sell canvases, like stretch canvases, just by themselves and mm-hmm. tell people if they want to pay 300 bucks to frame it, they're more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also could work, probably. Well, uh, you want you, you say my prices are too expensive? Well, this is as, as accessible as I could make it without putting it in an expensive frame. In a frame, frame. Yeah. in a frame, yeah. But, and I've and to your end of learning how to actual build traditional frames, like I've tried to like reinvent the wheel and make some kind of like crazy three D printed hanging structure that uses its own weight and tensile strength of whatever I've got wrapped around it and blah blah blah. And some of the stuff works and some of it doesn't. And I have a good time trying to figure it out. Yeah. Every time I feel like I should design a new something. It's a little bit of the mad scientist. It also, it like scratches the creative part of your brain in a different way. Mm. Uh, just like, this is a task. It needs to be done. And I have all the liberty to do it however I please. And how to fuck it up as yeah. well. It's like, uh, you know, how many ways did Edison steal the design for the light bulb before he made one that yeah. actually worked? But the first painting I ever sold was unframed. I sold it out of the back of my car. Hell yeah. In a parking lot. Street style. Lot um, lizard, that shit. Look at you. Lot <laughs> lizard. Yeah. No, it was... Hey, kids, you like this painting? You like this painting. <laughs> I... It's a naked chick. Look. <laughs> it was naked <laughs> chick. <laughs> I was moving all of my artwork when uh, I first moved out of Charleston up to my college town. So I was moving everything out of our storage unit, like... Oh, I'm so sad. I have all these paintings that nobody wants to buy. I got to lug them with me. And some guy just came up to me and was like, hey, are those your paintings? Did you do that? Yes. You know? Yeah, you look at him a little side eye. Yes, like, very you, why, sketchy. Why do you ask? Why do you ask? Only people in this parking lot. Kind <laughs> of not good side of town. Um, and he's like can I take a picture of this and show it to my wife? We have a new house that needs art. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, 30 minutes later, he comes back with a wad of cash. And I said goodbye to the painting. And they're, and you know. Now they have a beautiful painting somewhere in their new house? Somewhere, whoever it is. I've never, you know, I, I would like to keep track of them, but... I've, I've had the weird experience of randomly getting uh, text messages of pictures of my paintings in people's houses. I don't know who they are, and I don't. I guess they got it somehow. Didn't, yeah. didn't buy it directly from me, or I would have known. And they're just like, "Oh no, yeah, this is yours. Look, bam!" And I'm just like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I like. I like to think they're work. they're just drifting around out there. Oh, uh, that reminds me. I totally forgot last. Summer last year, I distributed tons of little tiny paintings all around the world. And I say around the world because I went to Spain and I put them in Spain. And on that trip, we were in Boston and Philadelphia. So there are that is around the world. There are technically uh, small, small pieces of mine kind of somewhere. The farthest I've ever shipped anything was for a giveaway. Ironically, this person in West Berlin was like, hey, I'm going to win that. And they did. Cool. And I was like, fuck, how much is shipping to West Berlin? And it was $50 (laughs) for like an 11 by 14 framed. (laughs) 
I was like, next time I have a giveaway, international person pays half the shipping. <laughs> but do we get to count ourselves as international artists now? Oh, yes. certainly. It's yes. across an ocean. <laughs> yes. And, and, I, and I'm, I will eventually send things to New Zealand because I have friends there. So I'm gonna, yeah. uh, it'll be over there in the southern hemisphere eventually. Super cool. Yeah. I like to think someday they'll, they'll show back up just like randomly. Just on your doorstep, all of them at once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, no, no, not all of them at once. <laughs> Someone's like, who collected these and brought them back? I've been collecting these for years and I've tracked you down. Oh, that would be scary. Um, or it could be the most complimentary thing you've ever felt. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh, the homemade pickles. Mm. It, pickles, very easy recipe. I hate to say those are not our homegrown cucumbers, though. Our very sad garden produced two cucumbers. You could have let me believe that these were things you slaved homegrown. over. Homegrown. I made that cheese. We have a cheese cave here, actually. I really know we're thinking about a cheese cave. <laughs> I'm I'm getting very into like the making your own food thing. We got a persimmon tree. We tried to make persimmon, persimmon jam. Tree. The wild ones, they're just too little. There's no, they are. There's no like meat, so. But, but they're good. At least the pickles. God, the pickles, vinegar, boom, easy. Uh, last time somebody gave me some homemade pickles, it was uh, like garlic onion p- pickles. They got garlic in them too. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not sad that y'all got to hear that. Mm-mm. They're good pickles. That's, uh, you know, starting a pickle business. Uh, get your pickles here. Let me, let me do this proper. Oh, that one was not. I know. It's <laughs> like, watch it not be Disappoint. Should we put a warning? What is the misophonia? Um, <laughs> there, there is, so here's, here's the thing. I've already said fuck. Um, there's a little box on my page with an E in it that I'm going to put on this episode. That means it's explicit. So if y'all don't like hearing fucks and people chew... Tune it out now, it's too late. Explicit crunching. Yes, uh, tune it out now, it's too late, because I've already done both of these things. And if you're still listening, I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> That's for my college roommates. You know that sound very well. <laughs> you also know who you are. Uh, but, but I hope, to contrast this, that y'all hear the lovely cicadas outside and feel calmed. By, by such lovely nature noises in my small, simple production. I really hope that's not the only thing they can hear. <laughs> well, I mean, it. well, that microphone will certainly pick it up. Uh, this one, not so much. That's okay. Ambiance. Well, uh, I recorded on someone's porch in the rain, and, uh, like, you could hear the cows and the train and the birds in the rain and wow. everything, and it, it, was, it cool. was good. It was really good. Maybe, maybe we'll have the train visit. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you normally hear one? Oh, it's it's right. Oh, there. it's right over it there. It comes chugging along. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's not there's not a train super close to my house, but I can hear them easily. The the closest train track's like three miles away. Wow, and it still echoes. Yeah, but it's on a ridge top, and I'm kind of on a ridge top, so oh, it's not. Okay. Yeah, it's easier yeah. to hear than you think. But it's kind of funny too because I never grew up. With train noises, because where I grew up was too mountainous for trains. Oh, see, I always ended up really close to the trains. Yeah. Train tracks. Yeah. <laughs> train track neighborhoods, in, wherever in, I in lived. Industrial zone adjacent. Yeah, but this isn't that, and somehow I'm still by the still by the train. I don't, 
I love trains. They're so fun to watch. They're very meditative. I agree. And they make good noises. Mm -hmm. All kinds of good noises. But it's just not a thing that was a part of my youth at all because Mm -hmm. the geography was too intense. So now you can always hear them. Yeah. 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 And it's, I don't care where I'm at really. If I'm in Knoxville, I can hear a train. You know, if you're, if you're not 20 minutes any direction mm-hmm. out of town, quote unquote, then you'll hear a train mm-hmm. somewhere. And it's, I guess, just one of those things that lets me know that where I'm at now is very different than where I grew up, ironically enough, even mm-hmm. though they're 90 minutes apart. Yeah. From Greenville? Nope. No. I'm going to let you keep on. You can figure it out. I'll tell you. Uh, we can play hot and cold. You're, you're almost good with Greenville. You're too far north. You think I know Tennessee geography that well? I'm figuring it out right now. Uh, That's too north. Yeah, it's too far north. Too far north on 81, yeah. Okay, closer to Pigeon Forge? Um, Too far west and south. That's all I got. (laughs) All right, so if you you split the difference between those two things and you end up in Morristown, uh, I am like 40 minutes... Through Morristown up towards Virginia. Morristown sounds like a place I've gotten lost before. Well, if you travel on 40 and 81, then you've definitely probably found yourself in Morristown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Knoxville pretty well, but anything around it, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, if you've never been to Morristown, there's a place called Pals, and I'm sure that through some serendipitous event in your life in the near future that you would, I hope that you would find some in your life. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's something I'm sure all my listeners are tired of hearing about. I talk about this wonderfully terrible fast food restaurant all the time. Um, it's, um, it's a Southwestern Kentucky, Southeastern Virginia, Southwestern Kentucky, Southeastern Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, regional chain thing and that's it pals pals p-a-l-s and a bright blue building with a hot dog a hamburger a drink and some fries like on the building it's a giant like they're big fiberglass sculptures of these things i love it it sounds good it also sounds like a heart attack uh if you eat it every day you better believe it (laughs) but as i pull my phone out of my pocket to show you a pals um i'm a terrible terrible person but they look just like this. Come on. Oh, wow. So They're, they're yeah, very blue. I'm seeing like a swimming pool descending into large food sculptures. That's very surreal. So I want more architecture like that. I don't care if it looks pretty, but just anything besides, you know, popping out of a popping out of a mold kind of suburbia strip malls. More uh, more buildings shaped with food with on the them. With food on them. Mm-hmm. Shaped like what they sell, you know? How about a car dealership that's a giant truck? Across the street, there is a, a Mexican bakery that Ooh. used to be a donut shop, but the facade of the building is a giant donut. They're doing it right there. Mm. <laughs> Most certainly. That one's in Jeff City. Uh, there's two in Morristown. There's, I think, 21 or so total throughout the region. But uh, that's like my comfort food. So, uh, it comes up in conversation a lot. Okay. <laughs> I, I love comfort food. Spartanburg had the beacon. I've been to the beacon. Okay. Yeah. I had a bacon cheeseburger aplenty with onion rings. 
And How I don't high? know I don't know if y'all know what this looks like or not, but you get like a an oblong plate and uh, you have to carry a mound of food on top of it. They will scream at you too. Yeah, literally. <laughs> They'll scream there you'll scream your order into the kitchen and then if you don't know what your order is, they will scream at you about your order. You have to be in in, in pace with the place to make everything happen for yep. you. Yeah. And when when the manager, whoever was on staff that day, found out that we drove five hours to come eat there, they gave us a free Sunday. You drove drove there specifically for my the dad told us we were going to go somewhere <laughs> and have dinner, and he didn't tell us we were driving to South Carolina from East Tennessee oh to go eat the Beacon Drive-in. Oh my gosh, <coughs> that's a good trip. It was a great trip. After I found out what we were doing, when we pulled in the parking lot. I love trips like that. It's like trips I would have, to nowhere just for fun. I would have loved to have known we were going to go eat somewhere cool instead of we just going to go eat. No, my dad's like, we're just going to get in the car and go eat. We're like, going to the Shoney's. Five hours later, we pull up the Beacon Drive. I'm like, what the hell? You Did know? you stay the night? No, we turned around and came back. Oh, boy. Okay. Oof, yeah. You know, things things sometimes, they feel closer. That was a whole day trip. They feel closer in this kind of corner of the North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. We're like the same area. <laughs> yeah, if you drive three and a half hours in any direction, you can hit five states. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi. I haven't been Georgia. to Kentucky yet, though. What? It's literally 30 minutes up the road. It's 30, I guess oh, that's That's a weekend. slight exaggeration, but it's it's close. Okay. Where do I go in Kentucky? Uh, Louisville, Lexington. Okay. I've, I, I've been to those two places. Um, Newport, Kentucky also has a really badass aquarium. I hear that like Kentucky has some interesting arts things going on. Is that? I, I, I wouldn't know. No? Okay. <laughs> I try real hard to keep up with the things that are local to me. Uh, but I was told that Newport has kind of a hopping art scene. Newport. Uh, well, Newport, because it's right across the river from Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a big, uh, you know, driver for the area as far as arts and culture. Uh, that reminds me, I wanted to look up someone that uh, is from Kentucky. To the internet. Cool artist. I know. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. Um, for a while, I worked in a historical Southern art collection. And I loved learning about all the gay artists. Um, it's just, you know, it's representation. It Who really... do you think makes some best mint juleps? Come on. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. My, my brain remembered before I saw it. Henry Faulkner. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with him? Mildly. He just was like such an eccentric guy. He worked in a really bright bovist color palette and just painted like his animals and flowers <laughs> and he lived his life as a very out gay man in kentucky and then moved later to i think miami but for a long time in kentucky he was the town weirdo for a little while yeah and he had like a farm of animals that he just kept taking care of and <laughs> his home i think was essentially kind of a safe place where people could just come stay and hang out for a while and uh it's just really interesting. You don't think of the South as having a arts culture and b gay people. I, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever thought about just the South in general having a lack of creativity. Mm -hmm. 
I just feel like it gets overshadowed in a lot of the cultural, I guess, bright spots that we have, if you can call it that. Uh, obviously, the geography is gorgeous and, mm-hmm. and nature is nice. And then there's all sorts of uh, melting pot cultural experiences around here. But that being said, I don't know why someone wouldn't also be like, oh, shit, there's all kinds of people there. I bet there's art, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, oh, shit, it's been a hard time there. They have a hard life. I bet there's art. Yeah, I bet somebody said some shit, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's it just everybody Everybody leaves and moves to somewhere better, which who can blame them, but... Is it better or is it just different? Like, Well, I guess more accepting, and especially like if you're trying to have an art career, people move to where that's traditionally been easier to achieve. New York... Paris, maybe where you're not going to get hate crimed in the 40s, you know? Yeah, hate crimed. That sucks. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like a huge reason why people would move out, not just because of the art. Well, I mean, I totally understand uh, wanting to be somewhere that's more accepting of your general lifestyle, but I don't know, man. I've had a lot of pushback from my art no matter where I go. So mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, well, uh, pe- yeah. people are going to be shitty everywhere because yeah. people are there. Yeah, just but, stand your ground and make the make the place how you want it to be. Well, that's that's more or less why I've stopped doing a whole lot with other people and just try to do everything that I would want somebody to do for me for myself or mm-hmm. the, craft the opportunities that I'm looking for for my own self. That's the goal. That is definitely the goal. That's why I've turned trying to turn my one-car garage into a small gallery. Oh, cool. Mm, working on it. That's awesome. There, Slow going. Wait, there is one downtown. Ramp. I just found out about it. Yeah. it is it just somebody's, like... Yeah. It looks cool. They have really abstract work. I don't like it, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cool that it exists. I also, yeah, I think that's the Ramp Gallery or something ramp like that. It's not called that. No? Maybe. But I know the one then of which you speak. Of which I speak. It's cool, and uh, I think you should go for that gallery idea. I had tried to do that in Spartanburg. Well, I've got I've got one wall painted white. I'm going to paint the brick wall black, and then I've got uh, some lighting I need to put up. Mm-hmm. But I need to stop keeping all of my art supplies in there first. All you need is wall space. Oh, shit. There's, well, then where's everybody to walk if all my shit's in the floor? <laughs> it's immersive. Oh, watch yeah. your step. <laughs> There's like 300 paint cans on the floor, a dining room table that I'm in process on, and like my skateboard and coolers and all my camping supplies. Okay, well, whenever it does happen, I need it's going. It's, it's going. When it happens, I want an invitation. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, I was going to be like, oh, yeah, it'll be open in September, and now it's September, and it's not going to happen. But uh, that's okay, because... I can do it in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> Setting reasonable expectations. Yeah. I firmly believe in because then you're like, it's going to get done. I'm just not going to disappoint myself about doing what, it not fast Yeah, enough. like the highest ideals or, you know, when your brain has too many ideas going on, you, you just. Please tell me about my brain. I've been trying to find out about it okay, for a while. So your brain has too many ideas and all of them are valid and you should write them down (laughs) think about them and be okay when your brain naturally does uh the creative thing and jumps to something completely new (laughs) so speaking of writing things down what's the notepad in your phone look like 
uh, there's a lot of grocery lists. <laughs> and probably some really disjointed, frantic statements uh, because obviously most ideas come to me when I'm driving. And as, as one does. As yeah. one does. When your mind is unoccupied, which I try and occupy my mind at all times with, um, you know, any sort of music or podcasts or TV playing in the background. But that does lead me to have a lot of uh, notes that maybe make sense to me when I come back to them or maybe <laughs> not. Ah, painting of Greek fire with horse. Now, do you remember what image you were associated with? I associated do. With that at I the do. Time? And okay. I've been considering it. Uh, well, Greek fire is cool. <laughs> I'm wondering how the horse fits in. So it was actually um, an image taken by, I think, the New York Times. There was a fire in Greece recently, and it's just this extremely stunning photo. That oh, this is a literal fire in Greece. It's a literal Greece, fire. I know. Not the weapon of war Greek fire. No. So okay. I've been thinking, like, how do I paint this without being like, I'm going to profit off your tragedy. That's always a question of that's, trying that's to when you like, donate the huge sum you charge for it right that's a question i ask all the time with art though. and then administrative costs oh, administrative costs good lord yeah no one's gonna buy my paintings for more than like a hundred dollars but listen if it's for charity and then you donate this to the blah 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 somebody's gonna grab it and be like oh god yes i need to write a check right now um find those people for me i I also have a problem doing that. Uh, I'm just trying people. to find a sugar mama, to be honest. <laughs> there are networks for that. There are. This is I, the uh, Knoxville area sugar, sugar mama, mama networking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> God, please. <laughs> Maybe this is an explicit episode. It's Listen, I just want somebody to, you know, afford me the a opportunity. Patron, a patron of the arts. I need... <laughs> A cougar-aged patron of the arts <laughs> that would very much enjoy financing my artistic career while alleviating me of my duties of a day job to society. We just need to reframe it. It would be a noble cause uh, that would receive much gratitude and praise from me. I would sign your name sponsored on the back of every painting, I think. She allowed me to you know, quit my day job and lay around the house and mm -hmm. smoke weed and paint all the time. I love this woman. <laughs> We're taking calls now. <laughs> all right, everybody. If you want to chime in on the KAAMP about how I need a sugar <laughs> mama, you need to call this phone number right now. I'm not giving y'all my phone number. Because if you know me, you should have it anyway. Uh, yeah, so if, if one day that, that could happen, that would be amazing. I would love that. Um, there's is, also really chaotic doodles. Yeah. Mostly chaotic doodles. Will you elaborate on chaotic doodles? I don't have a stylus on my phone, so it's just my finger. <laughs> like, sketching something, and those I usually do not know what I'm looking at when I come back to it. Um, I heard you ask a couple other people about, like... So you listen to things? Yes, I... I oh I, my God, thank you so much. Yes, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm like obsessively following people's Instagrams who've been on the show. I think I was listening to Esther's podcast, and that's how I found out there was something going on in Kentucky that there was like an artist residency. Mm, yeah. And I was surprised by that. But um, 
I do not do uh, sketchbooks how I should. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a chronic doodler, so any uh, idea or drawings or... That's a very aggressive cicada. He knows I have microphones out. <laughs> I just... It's going to be on a receipt, on a napkin, or on the work I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. Anywhere it's, but somewhere to preserve it. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. To, for you to read later. So now I have... I, there's stacks of just scrap papers they don't ever make it and into cocktail a, napkins just. yeah they never make, <laughs> they never make it into like a sketchbook where they could be organized I'll, uh i asked this to some some guests that i haven't published their episode of yet but it's coming out soon uh ricky and rowan of tiny stage comedy i was like what else you know notepad and your phone look like and they both just kind of looked up at me at the same time it was like chaos, <laughs> chaos. i was like perfect that's what i want to hear about uh, mine is also kind of chaos if we're going to go for full disclosure because I also have this the scribbles because mm-hmm. I have no stylus. So it's just like my blunt finger trying to make very detailed <laughs> things. And then at the same time, I'll give that like a companion bit of written text. Written text. That's helpful. Yeah. I should, I should do because, that. Because uh, the, the, the lovely Google Pixel Pro 7A4 Plus 2, whatever I have, uh, has a feature where you can draw and write on the same note. So mm. I do that. And that's usually like uh, things I think that are witty that I want to draw a picture about or stupid stuff I want to post on Facebook or like uh, sketches for like the uh, hierarchy of things, bigger compositions mm-hmm. that I want to mess with or uh, jewelry ideas. Like I'll draw out half of a shape and and then write and draw like the description. Well, I, I know it's symmetrical. So I'll draw half the shape and then I'll be like, you know, this stone here, that stone there, this kind of shape, this bevel, this, that, and the other kind of detail out the physical qualities of the thing the important while parts. I look at the, the shape. Yeah. So you remember. It's not always that fruitful though. I promise. I, I have a lot of lists of just vague ideas that I keep rewriting to reprioritize and try and remember like, here's what, okay. You have a billion projects you want to do just. Write them in the order. What's the most important? What are you going to get done? What keeps getting pushed to the back burner? And that's probably the closest thing I have to sketching is just like giving it thought space, thinking. There's a lot of mulling, uh, so mulling you, over. Yeah. Well, the, the giving yourself time and space to think about it is a respectful thing to do for your practice of expression and creativity. Like you say, you know, when you're driving, everybody knows how ideas hit you oh, when yeah. you're driving. Like having that space while you're driving is kind of unintentional and a happy byproduct. Right. But also crafting that experience for yourself, being a creative person is super beneficial, mm-hmm. I think. I've never uh, had it be bad. I've it, had bad ideas, oh. <laughs> but the practice of that thing itself has never treated me poorly. It's also the step before like sketching when I start to get really impatient and I'm like, let me just, I'm just going to do it. So you, you're writing oh, things, I you know. so on the opposite end of that spectrum. You do like a lot of sketches? No. I let the thing mull itself over in my brain until it's done with me. And then it's ready. And then it's ready. Yeah. Like, like uh, marinate or bake. Marinate. Or, or whatever. Stew. Whatever you want to say. Like things sit in my mind for sometimes months until I'm just like, okay, this is intrusive. It's, I can't not think about it. Time to draw this shit. Mm -hmm. And then I'll draw it or like write it down or do, do something to take its sole existence and get it out of my fingertips into some other form that isn't the idea in my head alone. And then it kind of backs off and I can manipulate it some. 
No, I, I agree. I was saying, like, I try to sketch it to think. Let's think it through. Well, I, I, but once it's there, it demands to be. Yeah. I'm a full painting now. Yeah. And, and it's not normally that I'll sketch and work through the thing physically, but I try to do that in my head because mm-hmm. I can visualize me drawing a thing. I can talk myself through drawing stuff. And, you know, I, I've come to be very comfortable with my artistic process. So it's just one of those things. Like, I know how I like to work. Mm-hmm. I know how I would work through creating this image. So, like, uh, when I'm laying in bed at night trying to go to sleep, I'll think about the thing mm-hmm. that's pounding on the front of yeah. my skull. Work, and, walk through the process. Yeah, and be mind. like, hey, I'm going to do this base coat with this brush technique or these colors or this paint. And then I'm going to grid this part out or then I'm going to sketch this and proportion these elements and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then, you know, 20 minutes later I'm asleep, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's always a helpful practice. And I genuinely, I generally remember what I've talked about with myself. That would probably get me walking back downstairs and be like, let me just, let me just start doing it. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I know this is like a, a meditative thing for mm-hmm. me and it helps to turn my brain off so I can actually sleep. In that context. But yeah. if I'm just like daydreaming about stuff on the couch that I want to work on, it's yeah. just the same thing, but I don't go to sleep. Yeah. I get invaded invaded by the thoughts and then I'll be awake. So well, maybe opposite. Well, it's I, the the very clear action of I'm going to think through oh, this right I'm going now, to think versus it's the thoughts like, are happening. I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been times where I've bolted up out of bed, run across the house naked and be like, where's my pen? You know, and just try to draw something. But it's it's more often it's just like this is a thought exercise of how I want to execute this. Let's you know. I need to. I, yeah, I need to try some more intentional, intentional, deep thinking about about work instead of whenever it decides to surface. Well, it's it's that weird, sometimes not so thin line between like chasing the muse and making it happen otherwise, mm-hmm. and it's it's a weird toss-up that nobody can ever really figure out where or how it's going to happen yeah but you only know it when it does yeah uh, and like, then you're fighting it down when you're like okay i've sat down where are the ideas where's the inspiration right i'm here i've done all the things what's going on it's i showed not, up i showed up working yeah um what what since we're kind of on this topic now what's a good creative day look like for you well yeah, that. Uh, well. Tim, did Timmy fall in the well? Well, well, well. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it's just organizing things from the chaos that happened the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm saying, like, I'm trying to sketch. I'm trying to take more time doing things because usually I sit down four or five hours. The whole painting, start to end, it's all done that second and then i'm exhausted and i abandon it and i leave all my supplies out and i ruin it you're staring at a billion brushes right now that are super gunky we both know vinegar is going to fix that right <laughs> vinegar yeah okay no we don't both know now we now do. we do uh so i just i like coming in and organizing my supplies and my paint and cleaning up afterwards because it almost that's that's moving meditation right there yeah that that's the part where i'm like now i don't have to think and i can look back at what i've done do i want to keep working on it what colors was i using on my palette as i like scraped them away uh i i guess that would be i mean 
I like the part where I sit for hours and hours, but my back hurts so bad afterwards. It's it's a scenario for me where I'll wake up and uh, I usually don't eat breakfast first thing when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So it, a good creative day looks for me like I wake up on a Saturday morning. It's eight o'clock. Uh, like wake up, get a glass of water, get the things I want to use together. And then I sit down at my desk and all of a sudden it's three o'clock painting's almost done. I have a headache and I'm hungry and I need to go pee. And I'm like, what have I done? And there's, there's this thing in front of me that just magically appeared. But then I like, my body's like, Hey dude, you remember like we're in this together and you need to eat and drink. And, uh, um, I'm why you feel shitty right now because you haven't serviced me since you woke up. Yeah. Yeah, so my brain and my body are just, like, fighting at each other. I'm just like, well, fuck, I guess I should go eat. It is, like, 3 o'clock. And then you're done? Or do you come back? Um, I, It depends on what I'm working on. Sometimes I'll give it a couple hours. I'll come back to it in the evening. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll get right back to it after I, like, you know, you know, be human for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, ideal, an ideal day, which I don't think I've managed yet, would be to treat it like a 9 to 5 Get up on time, you know, give yourself breaks because you don't want to sit at your desk all day. Oh, you got to find a distraction, but you're working on it. You're working on it. You have a lunch break. Right. And then you keep going. And then at five, you're done. But that's never how it happens. It's always like, I've come home from work. I have four hours until I need to sleep. I'm going to sit here for four hours. Yeah. And I hate how the day job sort of gets in, in the way. It does. It does. And I, I don't care what the day job is. It's always in the way. Yeah. And that's also always when the ideas and the drive and motivation comes is in the middle of your day job. And you just start thinking about all the other things you want to be doing, could be doing, should be doing. Well, in the middle of the day, normally for me, it's when the stupid stuff I post on Facebook happens. So I'll write that down. <laughs> it's either that or it's like, what's the dumb prompt? I'm going to type into mid journey right now. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, I typed in like a Super Saiyan 3 Johnny Bravo or something like that. And it was just like, you know, here's a goofy anime looking cartoon character. Okay. Tell me your thoughts on AI art. Okay. Well. A hot topic. Uh, so that's funny because I, the last episode, the the next episode I'm going to post was me and two buddies in Nashville about AI art. So. Um, okay. So they already know. Well, well yeah. The, well, know. it's not out yet, but we're going to talk about it. Okay. Um. Me being me and my artistic experience doing what I do, AI has never taken money out of my pocket. AI has never put money in my pocket. I am incredibly indifferent into its existence as a whole. But if it's going to exist and you treat it like a tool, you should learn how to use it. I'm not scared of it. I, I don't. I don't subscribe to the doom and gloom, you know, there's never going to be another artist hired for anything ever again kind of scenario. I I really think that's bullshit. And I think the people that perpetuate that are fear-mongering and they know it. It's a really unhealthy way to push an idea. Pop off. Um, But if it's going to be available, like it's available, it's never going to go away because, you know, once cars happened... Yeah. They didn't go away. It's around. It's the next technological thing that incorporates itself into the, the fabric of society now. And if fighting you can't drive it, a car, yeah. fighting you're kind of stuck. Fighting it at this point is kind of useless, so you might as well figure out how to make it work for you. And I really think that's the important part for just about everybody. Like, obviously, not everybody's so keen on it as we both yeah, can there, easily there's figure reasons. out. But I don't, I don't understand 
why people can be so uppity about it existing when it's pretty neutral and they can learn how to use it for free. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I feel like most of the people that have a really shit opinion about the whole thing don't ever use it or have never used it or are so against using it that they wouldn't entertain trying to use it. Mm-hmm. So I just see it like it's any other tool and I have a no less practical view of it than, you know, uh, a different style of brush. It's just a different tool in the yep. toolbox. Learn to use it as best you can to whatever degree you see fit. You know, some people are just going to use chat GPT to write their uh, descriptions for their art shows. And I know somebody that does that. And some people might use it to, you know, generate prompts for something visual they want to create or whatever. You know, there's a million different ways to do it. So if you're just going to be so against something that's ever increasingly becoming intertwined in society, then you're just going to look like a fool. Yeah. And I I hate to tell people that society has left them in the dust because obviously those people don't know it and they get really mad when you tell them that it's like a talk to any like 80 year old Republican, see how they feel when you tell them that the world passed them up, you know? Right. Well, in that same way, it's like, okay, offer a solution instead of just pointing out a problem. Right. I think saying, oh, AI is going to take artist jobs. My response would be, well, there's not that many artist jobs anyways. We don't value art as a society in ways that we could. Can we build that community? Can we start like art in everyone's homes, make it more accessible, make there just be opportunities again. Well, (laughs) well, then you really figure out who's trying to be constructive with their energy and who just wants to bitch about something because if they offer no solutions, then they're just perfectly happy being upset. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And a lot of people are just perfectly happy being upset. They are, but I'm (laughs) tired of it. I want solutions. Right. Solutions and then make it happen. Dang it. Uh, My son asked me once, he's eight, he's like, Dad, do you know what a Karen is? I was like, yeah, I've met many of these people. Like, why do they be like that? Why, why are they like that? Why do they get so mad? And I was like, some, some people have such good lives that they choose to get upset about really stupid things and then act really upset about really stupid things and make scenes in public. He said, so they got good lives if they're mad about stupid stuff? I'm like, yeah, usually people that are mad about stupid stuff have nothing else to be pissed off about. Mm. They're doing just fine. Or they just dislike themselves so much. Well, that I'm, too. I'm going to err on the more positive end of things here and be like, yeah, their life their is life probably is... okay enough. This is the dumb thing they fixate their negativity on. That's fair. That's that's also a fair But, I mean, you're, you're also right. It's, it could be both. It could be both. You can have a good life and also hate yourself. Yeah. Try and make yourself feel more important and complain or, about Or things. more miserable by just being a dick in public. <sighs> yeah. Bless, bless them. Bless, bless their hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is that a Knoxville thing you've learned, or is that a, a oh, lifelong I mean, thing? I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. I will start getting more and more Southern the more we talk, and the draw will come out. I don't have a draw naturally. Well. Mm. Do you consume alcohol? Yes. Then you have a draw. Then you have a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't sound like I used to sound either. But you put me on the phone to my uncle or give me two beer. It happens. It happens. Yeah, no, it's the people I'm around. But, um, no, bless your heart. That's just a southern (laughs) thing. And I like it in both iterations. Maybe I will be genuinely blessing your heart or maybe I hate you. And it's up to you to figure it out. It's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I... um, I don't know. Working at the collection with the Southern Art just made me very uh, much more proud to be where I'm from and 
all the people here and the resilience here and the culture and the accents and all our little odd eccentricities. I just like it. Um, and Knoxville, Knoxville's actually the biggest city I've ever lived in. And so I feel like a real country mouse. Everyone being like, Knoxville, that, there's nothing to do here. It's so small and blah. Well, these are all the people that have moved from places like Atlanta yeah. or D.C. or Chicago. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, know. wow, gee golly, there's something going on every night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> When I used to pace around the house on a Friday night when there was nothing to do in oh. a tiny small town. Yeah, not like there's any, not like I'm going out. Right, as you sit here in the in the oxymoronic situation yeah. we put ourselves in. I, I will be at home, and that means either I will be crashed watching TV. I will tell you all the things that I know that are happening tonight, but yeah, I won't be at any I of won't them. be at them. I'll probably be, yeah, on the couch or in the studio. Those are, those are the two things. I mean, honestly, in my home, mm-hmm. those are two of the three places I spend most of my time. In my home. Yeah. Chilling or working? It's like I'm either on the couch, um, in my bed asleep, or I've got a canvas in my lap or I'm at my desk or on my computer doing something actively involved in creating. It definitely feels like a like work practice at that point when you're like, I could go out and do other things, but I need to paint. Yeah, and then I need you, to. Then you tell all the people they're like, "Hey, you coming out?" And you're like, "No, I'm working on a painting." And then you never work on the painting. You just had the intent to work on the painting. <laughs> That's enough. The intent is enough. Sometimes it is. Sometimes. And then when they catch up with me the next day, they're like, oh man, how's that painting looking? I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> my friends my friends are good and bad at keeping me accountable for shit like that because they all know I'm probably going to be working on something. And they're all, you know, invested in me enough mm-hmm. to be like, oh, hey, what's it look like? What are you working on? And I'm just like, no. Yeah, the accountability only goes so far. Like, it's the motivation that I had really that is going to push me or not. That, yeah. That's where half of my abandoned projects have gone into the land of you can't you can't encourage me. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> I will. Th- there is a novel. I wanted to have a book written by the end of the year, and I've been saying I was going to write a children's book for two years now. So like, my thought is just do it. Like, okay, do it. Just make start making it happen, and then I don't know. Like. Oh, I've written a chapter. And then you think about it again. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do it again. Well, sometimes I've, that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Because clearly like, I've abandoned it. I've got like uh, most of the text written out in the notepad of my phone mm-hmm. about how I want this page to say this, this page to say that. I sort of got it broken down like that. But I always get hung up on the illustrations. Mm. Like thinking about the page in my head. It's just like, what's this going to look like? And then... I look at the text and I look back into my mind's eye and I'm just like, <sighs> you know. That's why you got to take the next step and at least put the words on the page. Well, I know exactly how I want them to go on the page. It's put them on the page! Ah! Yeah, all right, <laughs> twist my arm, bam, get them out of my phone. I know, I know. I say that sometimes, like, just do it. Just make the things happen. As you sit on the couch, kind of like this, right? Do it! Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's sometimes it feels like that. It makes so much sense to be like, you just do the things. You just make your dreams happen, man. And look, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of you. You can and do it too, bro. Go, you can go for it. You can do it too. Now I'm looking back on that like, who the hell said that? Who made that okay? Whose advice? What were they smoking? How? I want some. I want some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Past self was on one. Past self usually is. Yeah. I got a third of the way through. 
and I haven't touched it for like three months. Mm. Essentially the whole time I've been here. So it's okay. It'll happen. I say convincingly. One day. One day. Yeah. You do say convincingly. Was that convincing? I felt convinced <laughs> at the very least. It's going to happen. Hey, there it is. That's that, the enthusiasm. There was serious self-doubt in that. I couldn't hear it. I could not hear it. So, what are some things you're like actively engaged in working on right now? Okay. Like, how many how many projects are you juggling okay. that you would say you're actively engaged in right now? Well, the novel. I'm not giving. I'm not saying I'm giving up on it because if it gets pushed all the way to the back burner, I have no idea when it will start. And that is technically like two and a half years in the running. I really started on it this year, but the previous it was really percolating mm. percolating that's a good that's one. a good word yes i like that word uh a lot. so there's a novel there are at least three painting series i got an abstract series called note to self which is just <laughs> random things like lists that i've made notes that i have and then trying to mush all of that like all those abstract like the purple in mushy purple yeah i mean if you the one behind you is mushy purple. <laughs> this is the mushy purple? Kind of, yeah. I see it. Yeah, it's mushy. But um, just like the loose thoughts that float around your head, worries, anxieties, all of those things that are percolating, I'm trying to give them some sort of abstract form. I don't usually do abstract, so that's new. And that's the best way I can abstract something is the thought itself is not even fully formed. So, so how can you give it some fully formed shape and, yeah, and feel? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. But yeah, so note to self. Uh, I have a baptismal series I'm working on. Uh, big paintings of baptisms in slightly menacing formats. The Jesus, the acid Jesus is one of those. Please, please tell me somebody's getting baptized on the edge of a cliff. No, there is one that kind of looks like someone's being drowned. And there's one that someone's being dragged under almost. And... There's a fourth one that I haven't started yet. That that series, the series is, uh, they kind of overtake each other, and then they never get completed. I get that. I'm also redoing my senior show. I'm just repainting all of them into something else. And technically, in the very back running, I had started a comic series and an animated web series. Yeah, yeah, work. That's a <laughs> lot of work. That's more work than painting a painting to it me. It is. It is. And I don't fully know how to animate, so I'm kind of teaching myself as I go. What you what what you using? Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. So you're making GIFs? Um, no, it's like an MP4 file. Mm, okay. Uh, I don't know. That it's been a second since I've worked on that one because I realized I didn't have the story fully worked out, so I just have imagery and an idea. You got you got two thirds of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I technically applied for a residency in Antarctica. I'm waiting to see how that comes out. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the fuck? Yeah. A, a res an artist residency. Artist residency in Antarctica. What are you are you painting snowdrifts? Like what are you what's yeah. what's the deal? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It just seemed first of all, it was free to apply. So why not? Oh, well, that's not? a plus. Why not? You know, like, do it. Just do it. That's my phrase. 
this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> None of them are. Don't feel bad. By Nike. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I really, um, I think I would describe myself as a humanist. So that's what all my art is trying to get at. Like, I want to spark connection. I want to spark conversations and empathy between people who don't always see eye to eye, which is why I use a lot of religious imagery in works where I'm, my audience is people who have been hurt by the church who are trying to heal, but it's also people who are currently in the church. I want to reach out and extend like an empathetic hand to seeing both sides of the coin, I guess. I love that you care about these people. I'm just trying to piss them off most of the time. I I mean, there, there's certainly some pieces that I'm like, this will piss you off. But I, I guess I'm trying to, a bridge. I want to build a bridge because I was, I was very strongly in that community for such a long time. So I see it, you know, like I still see the perspective. But in Antarctica, I'm just thinking like, why do people go there? What are we seeking out in nothingness? So I don't know. There's something interesting. There's about a lot of environmental research being done. Yeah, the environmental, but like originally there was like uh, ambition and goals and just to do it in the adventure. And, and then people got there. They got there. And, and then they stayed there. And now they're there. But I don't know. I haven't gotten accepted. So it's that's a moonshot probably. That's the moonshot? That That is one of the verbiage in the questions that I like to use. So the moonshot project would be their artist residency in Antarctica. Well, I've taken the first step, so... You you put your name in the hat. It's in the hat. I mean, the real moonshot that I'd really like to get accomplished is book publication and the TV show. There's just so much work that goes into it that I don't have time for now. Mm. I would love to be full-time art projects, just whatever they may be, because there's a lot of them. They never stop. They never stop, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, work. Job security? Job security. What? The idea is they always keep coming. That's the job security. Oh, yeah. I guess just trying to figure out how to make money from them would actually yeah, be that, the job security. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, I want a job. Or, I, I love working. I just don't want to have a job. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm not lazy. I, I love work. to work. And I will yeah. work crazy hours and put myself through literal metaphorical yeah. pain to accomplish beautiful things. Yeah. I'll just but go crazy. Dear God, don't ask me to be somewhere nine to five Monday through Thursday. Oh God. Yeah. The obligation drives me nuts. I love projects though. I love getting things done. I like to marry Poppins for people. Yeah. Does that makes sense. I'm like, let me come in. Let me do a project for you. I'm going to do some good work for you, but then I'm going to leave. <laughs> come in, sprinkle my skills about. I will disappear. And then abscond. Abscond. With... Yeah. I, and it's cause I like projects and, I don't know. There's got to be some Take way. Take with to... me all the things I learned here and go do the next yeah, thing. Yeah, or just like, let me be like freelance creative person. You're all around jack of all trades. Just hire me to do stuff. If I could find that uh, that middle-aged to elderly woman with too much money that would love to sponsor my artistic stuff. Yet I'll... again, we are begging. No. Pleading. No, no, no. This is not begging and pleading. <laughs> this is simply making it known that this is an available post in my life. Someone can happily fill it, and I will be ecstatic. Not begging at all. I am uh, on his behalf. <laughs> uh, like, I'm begging for I him. I treat for you. <laughs> Trickle down artonomics. 
<laughs> I feel sorry, like I have things I to say. <laughs> Trickle down artonomics. That's um, that's all the things I've done that refute the government. E- yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what I meant by that. There's a, there's an idea. There's a show. Well, I do have this piece that um, has black or well, it's a black background, two ends of white text, but the text on one side is spray painted over red, so you see the white through the mm. red on top of the black. And uh, it's a commentary about uh, uh, socialized medicine. But it's like dripping blood and Mm. dripping white ink, and they meet in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Trickle down artonomics. I like it. I like it. I think I'm also a little scared of saying things more directly. Putting... (laughs) So, using literal words in my artwork has been a thing... Like, I wrote a lot of poetry in high school, and writing is not a stranger to me mm-hmm. in any way. But it's been one of those things, like, I just want to use pictures. So words in the picture defeats the purpose of the picture. But if you make the words the picture, then it's different. And I've made words pictures by, like, using them as a really out-of-focus sort of diffuse texture. Mm-hmm. Or playing with finish differences, like gloss on matte or semi-gloss on the satin you know Mm -hmm. just like those minor differences playing with those because if you look at something straight on is different than when you see the textures in a raking light so i try to play with those sometimes that's hilarious there's like a moth or a mosquito (laughs) or something with a cobweb attached to it so we just see the stringy cobweb flowing through the air like an airplane with one of those ads hanging off the back like a banner ad but it's a moth ted russell nissan (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but yeah. uh, I, I'd really try to incorporate more of that, especially in the pieces that have more like a social commentary theme mm-hmm. about them. I did a series last summer that was all socio-economic political commentary, mm-hmm. and they all have words in them. So uh, that's surrealist work. And like the normal touchstone point of view that you as a viewer has into this surrealist work is one uneasy emoji face. Mm. I like it. So that is that is the touchstone of surrealism that you know that, oh, hey, this is me. This is real. This yeah. is the thing I'm accustomed to in this fast Everything oddness. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, you want to say it directly, but you also want to say it with a metaphor, but you also don't want that metaphor to be too vague. Oh, no, let me tell you, it's uh, <laughs> there is no, my statements are very direct. You just have to pay attention to them yeah. because they're, designed to be hard to understand Mm -hmm. like i wrote all these words really sloppily with a really like gnarly brush Mm -hmm. that did not make a clean line like it's hard to read and that's on purpose like i want you to actually try and see the thing other than just be like oh well that's a pretty picture do you get a lot of response from that um i've only shown those pieces in public once Mm -hmm. but uh the people that paid attention enough to look at them definitely had things to say yeah and that was nice it feels good when people notice. I, I definitely, for one of those baptismal pieces, I I had gotten a lot of like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I do love baptism. It's so beautiful. What a wonderful and thing. And then they didn't realize that the pastor's hands were around that kid's neck. Yeah, and it just, that made me feel kind of weird. But there was one person who said, oh, Kelly, I know exactly what you're saying. And then I read your statement, and I just resonate with it so much. And I... I knew it from the start, yeah. what you meant to say. And I was like, wow. Somebody one Somebody's out of 50 looking. people is paying attention. I know. So, yeah. 
that feels good though when oh, you, yeah. when you hit your oh, target yeah, you're like okay maybe what i'm doing is not completely useless and well, uh, fruitless this particular series has themes of like um uh, social inequality so there's like a list of crises there's uh lists of um material or resource intensive things that mm-hmm. i don't have material or resources to change there's also like a, a piece that touches on um mental and autonomy of thought like just you know mm-hmm. like you being a sovereign entity you can think and behave in your own head how you wish and mm-hmm. nobody can tell you how to operate inside your head because it's your head and that's your place to do whatever you need to do to be you so that that kind of sovereignty is i feel like slowly being taken away from people so i want to celebrate the fact that everyone is capable of independent thought and they should practice that and celebrate mm-hmm. the fact that we have such consciousness to be able to do so you know to do such things yeah. it's, it's a privilege and a luxury um so, you know, just those kind of things that were really bothering me. I ended up paint, painting about those things. Yeah. It worked out. Uh, I'm there, too. But I, I generally don't show those things because it's not the things I try to show. I, I want to show the pretty things, the things I enjoy making. I enjoyed making all the other things, but those aren't the pretty things. Those are pretty for me. They're not. Right. These, these aren't the pretty things I want to share with it's people. It's like a personal practice in some ways of things you have to make for yourself as a kind of like journal entry almost like thought experiment journal entry uh uh, outlet of expression yeah get the thoughts out of your head yeah Yeah, there's i definitely have some like real gnarly looking pieces that i just don't show to people because they they tend to get startled by them and well that's on them for being sheltered fuck them I know, but then they ask if I'm okay, and I'm like... Not not your problem if I'm not. Well, no, but also, like, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. not the point. Don't ask. It's like, no, I'm not okay. Yes, you may not help me. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, yeah, I don't know. So, the, art is personal, too. It's not always just for showing. Yeah, and, and I, I'm really proud of the pretty things that I make because it's a moving meditation, uh, mm-hmm. you know, healthful practice that I've cultivated for myself. It just also happens to be... One of the things that is the outcome of this is this pretty geometric, brightly colored, perhaps glow-in-the-dark thing. And people generally seem to like that, which Mm -hmm. is great. But it's never for anybody else until I decide to share it. Ever. Because I do the thing for me because I'm the one sitting there doing it, reaping the Mm -hmm. benefits, like going through the motions with the process, the whole nine yards. So it's never for anybody else until I'm done. That's the best way to create things. So you're always always pleased with the end product i guess or at least not not feeling like uh you made something and it it didn't hit a mark or like oh, i wanted like a million likes on instagram well if, if i've had that struggle because i i enjoy the positive feedback i get from mm-hmm. the internet but that's it also means money sometimes sometimes it really does but that's yeah. that's a double-edged sword so i try not to lean on that so much it's it's hey did i faithfully execute this picture that i had in my brain or on the opposite side of that was I able to craft something out of nothing that I enjoy? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no to either one of those things, then, oh, darn, I spent three hours trusting the process, doing the thing I know is healthy for me, and here I am on the other side of it, calm, relaxed, happy. You know, yeah. like I, I did the thing. I did the process. Here I am. Everything is as expected on the on the backside. So that's that's always been good. Uh, as far as my creative practice has gone, whether the piece of art turns out 
yeah. where I want to share it or it's not. It's about doing. Yeah, it's yeah. always been about the doing for my practice. And uh, I really try to investigate where others fall on that. So, speaking of which, do you ever find like a zen or flow state or a quiet mind time in your practice? Uh, gosh. I don't know. I think I, right now I'm in a place where I'm very stressed. <laughs> so not a whole lot of relaxation or, or zen time? It's like I'm happy to be doing it. I'm happy and relaxed that it's, ha- <laughs> that I've given myself the time. I've sat down. Here I am. I showed up for my practice, but I'm still like, okay, I've got to make something good and it's got to be what my head is thinking and I got to make that be on the canvas and uh so it's difficult to reach that flow state sometimes but repainting things and like saying it's okay if this is not the best thing you've ever done has really led me to more of a flow state and Mm. more just like it's okay it is whatever it will be I usually have to screw up the first one to like the second one It, it moved oh Oh no! It moved. The reveal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the the skulls I took to the punk rock flea market, I painted the first one, and then I made the second one. And somebody's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. if you're gonna make another one of those, I'm gonna buy it." So I sold it to them, and the second one looked way better than the first one. I was like, "Damn, this second one really rocks." This that's first one's kind of meh. Like literally practice too. It, that that's... well, it was a it was a bird skull. So like painting on something that is nearly continuously curved was really difficult. That's difficult. Really difficult because I paint on flat things all the time. Mm-hmm. So here I was doing some funky shit, like trying to hold this thing between my knees and like position my elbows on my thighs and, and like make a breaststroke. Really small. No, it was like this oh, big. big. I, I printed okay. it way oversized compared to the real life animals. So it wasn't like oh, I'm trying to. Get it? Oh, it, it. <laughs> oh my God! It's revealing itself, folks. I think the, the slip, the humidity might have gotten to it. I know uh, that's the bad thing about blame out Justin here. Timberlake for that wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> the covering of my nude self-portrait is slowly falling. <laughs> Good thing this is an audio-only podcast. Good thing y'all have to see it when it's finished, the final piece. In public somewhere. In public somewhere. One day. Would anyone like to exhibit it? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. You just need to call. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a lot of calls. The KAAMP hotline is buzzing today. We've got a lot of lines open. Um, uh, (laughs) If you would like to pledge $5 for some starving kid in East Tennessee, that'd be great. I think the closest to flow is like complete desperation to finish the piece. Like, I get so hooked. I get totally zoned out. And I'm like, you just got to keep finishing. When you can keep see going. the finish keep line. Keep going. Yeah. But the finish line is like four hours away. Uh, digital work, that happens a lot. Yeah. Because I get so close to the screen. <laughs> it's not good. I don't blink. I don't blink. I don't. So when you shut your eyes, you realize that your eyes are on fire. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. probably not healthy. But um, <laughs> I am happier and more relaxed at the end, usually. Um, yeah. So there's... Some flow somewhere in there. Well, I'm happy you find it when you have the ability and luxury to set that up for yourself. Mm-hmm. I am always quite pleased when people say they can do that, and I'm just like downright shocked when people say they don't. Uh, I've I've had to pick my job off the floor a few times. It's like I've heard people, go, oh no, that's never a part of my creative process. I'm just like, holy fuck. I mean, I know it happens somewhere, but it's really like work for yeah fifty percent. 
Probably. 60? I don't know. Do you have uh, a ratio between ideas that are yours 100% and ideas of things that come to you? Uh, most of it comes to me just out of nowhere. So uh, <laughs> do you have any artwork you can say, hey, this is 100% my idea. I came up with this start to finish. Um, probably the abstract works. Okay. No, wait, no. <laughs> I would say that because those are my thoughts hmm. and I wrote them down and then trying to figure out how they look in my head. So well, that sounds pretty much like ownership to me. So I would say the genesis of that is your fault. Yes, probably. I mean, I guess all of it comes from my mind, but it comes from a mysterious place in my mind. Well, uh, one, one of the reasons I asked that specific question is because we all have ideas that just hit us, like mm -hmm. we talked about driving earlier. And uh, some people feel as if those are their ideas, and some people feel as if those ideas came from the ether. And I, I'm just kind of curious how some people delineate between those yeah. two sometimes. I think if the thought comes from the ether and I really... I look at it and think, okay, that's a good idea, but we need to make it better. Can you make it more compositionally interesting? Right. Or why do you even want to paint that? Well, like, then you get to play with it. That's, after, after that's, it's... Yeah, that's where it starts becoming mine. But there's definitely some things that I paint exactly as are in my head. And so it almost feels like, I don't know, <laughs> it yeah. just showed up. I, A lot of the things that I end up creating are just uh, like the, the shapes and the color palette will come to me just, uh, you know, when my mind is absolutely wandering amongst itself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, other times when the idea is just like smack me and they're yeah. like, hey, bitch, this is what's going to happen. Like they come to me fully formed. And like mm -hmm. when they come to me like, hey, this is how this is going to happen. We're going to do this then I don't take too much ownership of it other than just like shepherding this idea through the process. Yeah, you're but, a vessel. Yeah, a conduit is how I like to put a it. A conduit. Um, but if it's an idea that I've like actively thought about for months and toiled over mm -hmm. and really walked myself through many times, then I will take full ownership of yeah. that idea. And of course, things happen in between and it's not always black and white like that, but that's definitely the ends of the spectrum of, of my creativity mm -hmm. and how I've experienced it. I mean, even the materials themselves, I like to think are kind of part of like, however the piece ends up is kind of the decision of my paint and the brush. Maybe not entirely me manipulating them. Like they, the material does what it well, wants. Like you, you're going to move your arm and put the yeah. brush where you want it. But there's some degree of interaction there yeah. that you cannot control. Which I like. I like a, that a lot. Um, I had a thought, and it's just gone. <laughs> it's okay. You can be a conduit for it later. I'm a conduit. Um, yeah. That that's that's. This has been one of the most intriguing parts of talking to people because I know how this works for me, and finding out how mm -hmm. other people explain how it works for them is oh, God. It's one of my favorite questions. It really is. I enjoy trying to figure out the genesis of people's ideas and how much they have to fiddle with them to get them where they go and like how they feel in the process of messing with those yeah. ideas because we all mess with ideas. It's just yeah. what do we do with them. I remember. Hey, here we go. <laughs> yes. It was that, um, like knowing the more you see and the more, you know, is super helpful as well. Like art history, seeing other people's art, those inspirations, tools, techniques, past experiments that you've done, like, even if you're not actively thinking about it, I think that whenever something does hit you, it's a 
amalgamation of all those things that's kind of swirled around in the stew that is your head and like the microwave oven dings Mm -hmm. and you've got a meal (laughs) ding Uh, yeah it's one of those things where uh it would be foolish to try and separate whatever your creative output is from your life experiences Mm -hmm. and you know all the knowledge gained through said life experience and when people are like oh no just paint these things because they're totally foreign to everything i've ever known i'm just like how the fuck (laughs) you're having visions yeah how's this work yeah uh but then again when i'm like how's this work that's weird that's when i'm like oh yeah let me go dive into that real quick and find the bottom of that yeah 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 no i i like the slight lack of control also though it's just like i don't know there's just creative juice flowing and that's sometimes the most fun because there's no expectation or set end goal you're just like i'm in it and i'm doing it mm-hmm. and that's like uh, the piece I, I try to paint pieces like that where i just like i'm gonna start with a solid color base coat and i'm gonna pick a center and axes and then i'm gonna go like i, I choose to create a scenario with as little uh constraints as possible and then just see what happens inside that small number of constraints yeah the experimenting it's, it's hard to let go. It's good to let go. These skeeters are trying to get us. Well, they might. They might just uh, succeed if we let <laughs> But uh, we are at like an hour and 36 minutes okay. right now, which is a really good length for I'm this a, conversation. I'm a chatty person. I, that, obviously, I am too. I'm the <laughs> one that brought the microphone. Um, so my last question is usually, uh, if you were to pick one to three people to put in your shoes right now and be on the microphone with me that you would like to listen to in the future, who would they be? Okay. I only know so many people. That's okay. Have you spoken with Jalaria uh, Rivera yet? Um, I have not had her on the podcast to highlight her specifically, but she's been involved in some of the Oak things that yeah, I've done. I've met her several times, and she just seems to be doing amazing things. She's a lovely, very busy person. Yes, yes. yes. And that's the kind of like community building that seems really interesting to me. And I'm that's all, what she's all about. Yeah. yeah, I'm all there for that. I just I'll live out here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to get involved in the community. Um, I don't know anyone else in Knoxville that I can think of at this time. Well, then that's the one of the one to three, and it'll do just fine. Okay, I'll, I can send you more recommendations. When I, I would really love it if you did about in the it. future. I know. Yeah. So if you would tell people again who you are and where they can find you, that would be awesome. Okay, I'm Kelly Ferguson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Pat's Knickknacks, P A T S. Knickknacks. Knickknacks. Traditional spelling. K N I K. No, K. <laughs> Just, you know, okay. <laughs> and Pat is because I, I went by Patrick for a while. Uh, you know, one night in a club, some guy was getting a little too frisky, getting a little too handsy, said my name was Patrick, and that did the job. Oh, well, lucky you. Yeah, he was not interested after that. <laughs> and um, so if you like to call me Patrick, you can. You answer to it? Yes, I will. Only in the club? Uh, no, I'll answer to it everywhere. Oh, okay, Don't cool. call me Patty or Patricia, though. That's, it's Patrick. Clearly. Patrick. Y'all, y'all heard him. Patrick. Patrick. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Follow. Like. I don't have anything to subscribe to. I'm looking for shows. Uh, I'm looking for exhibitions. Yep. So contact her via Instagram if you have wall space. Yes, any Mm. wall space. I'll put it there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it a garage? Perfect. Perfect. All right, everybody. That has been, this has been, they has been, the... Uh, we, the royal we has been. The royal we. Well, that's a new sign-off. The royal we has been uh, the latest episode of the KAAMP. That is the Knoxville Area Artist Networking Platform. If and when you choose to uh, support the show, you can do so by putting this shit in your friend's ear holes without their permission. Uh, or with their permission, if you so choose to ask. You know, it just depends on the person. Um, you can buy the host's artwork, a.k.a. me, Thomas Zachary, at TTW underscore artworks on Instagram. If you really care, that is honestly the best way to support the podcast because that money goes directly into furthering my creative efforts. Because, um, you know, I have a day job and it pays for food and housing and stuff. Um you can find backlogged episodes. I think at this point there's 65 of them as as we speak right now. This is probably going to be episode like 67 or 8. Uh, I have <laughs> I have okay, so Hold I on. have an episode idea for episode 69 and it's it's going to it's going to come together so to speak. Uh, I've been told it needs to be an orgy episode, so there there we go. Oh. It told We're getting me, kicked off. It, it told me that there's limited space remaining on the SD right. card, which there's 15 minutes left. You we'll, don't we'll want be to fine. fill 15 more minutes? I'm doing the sign-off right now. But, yeah, thank you all for listening. If you want to help the show, uh, do the rate, share thing, you know, that y'all are told to do by every other podcaster. I'm not going to beat you over the head with it, but I would really appreciate it if you did it. Um, thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate your time and attention. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you.